Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So yesterday afternoon, the CEOs from Canada's three largest, well, chains of grocery stores um, all appeared uh, in Ottawa, hauled onto the carpet as members of parliament had a chance to grill them over the soaring price of food uh, in our country. And we know um, that it's been an ongoing issue and uh, a lot of people having a really, really tough time with it. I mean, the cost of food is really bucking the trend when it comes to inflation. For a while, it was like, okay, it's inflation. The price of food is going up because of inflation. Well, um, inflation has stopped going. Well, it's still going up, but it's not going up like it was. Uh, it's really, really slowed down its upward climb. Food has not. In fact, it's continued to just go up and up and up and up. If you take a look at the inflation rate, it dropped under 6% in January. Food prices, though, eh, not so, up 11.4% in January. So, uh, as I say, really, really bucking the trend. And there's been a lot of finger-pointing around this. Jugmeet Singh has really been banging on the drum of uh, these grocers are profiteering and they're gouging Canadians. And he was in fine form yesterday, leveling those allegations against these CEOs who fought back and said, no, we're not. That's not what this is about at all. So what did we learn? Did we learn anything? Did we accomplish anything? Are we any better off with what happened yesterday? We're going to chat with Stuart Smith, the Enhancement Chair of Agri-Food Innovation and Sustainability at the University of Saskatchewan. Stuart, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. My pleasure, Shay. So we've had a ton of finger-pointing over this, and a lot of politicians, you know, specifically Jagmeet Singh, I think. He's the one who's got the most headlines uh, talking about gouging and profiteering. Um, so the hearing yesterday, what was the what was the aim of it? It seemed like some went in with a, uh, uh, an aim to lay blame, and others were trying to get facts. I mean, what was the point of what happened yesterday? Yeah, it sounds like a little bit like theater, doesn't it? It does, yeah, totally. And I think there was... There was a little bit of both of that, right? That, you know, there was uh, there was an opportunity to score some political points um, for some, and 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 others, you know, I, you know, I think came with with maybe some more legitimate questions. But I think at the end of the day, we still we don't we didn't gain much in the way of insights. So, you know, I guess what I was hoping for was that the the committee would have pushed the CEOs to say. Of all of your grocery or your retail activities, what percentage of those profits are right. coming from the actual sale of food items? Because our grocery stores have, have pharmacies, they've got coffee outlets, some of them are selling clothing and apparel. So take 100% of your profits and say, okay, what percentage of those are, you know, because it's a different story if 20% of profits are coming from the sale of food items versus 60 or 70%. It, but we, I, you know, I, I didn't see any of that information 
coming out. Not the specifics. You're right. I mean, Weston did say, hey, listen, yeah, we're not making any profit off of food prices. That's not where he didn't say where they were coming from or how much or anything like that. What What's the rules around this? I mean, I, I, I can't remember any other businesses being called to testify before the House of Commons and explain why they're charging what they're charging. Are there different rules around the sale of food and grocery chains like this? Well, it, it was interesting, right? Because over the last couple of weeks, all of our major banks have have announced their profits for 2022, and we're talking billions, billions of dollars, yeah. right? Several billion dollar profits for for our major banks. Yet, yet our grocery stores are making, you know, some of them are making profits, tens of millions and and several hundred millions. And and I think the difference for this is because we. You know, we all know people on variable rates or, or you know, um, have had to renegotiate mortgages in the last year and, and they're paying, you know, paying higher rates and, and higher amounts. But because that's automatically debited from our accounts, we, we never, we don't experience it in the same way we do on our weekly trip to the grocery store where if we're buying sort of a rough bundle, you know, it, it's, it creeps up a little yeah. bit seemingly every month we're yep. in the grocery For store. Sure. So it, it's more, it's more in our face than, than say, more, you know, mortgages and, and bank profits are. But can the government say, hey, you're charging too much? Can you lower how much you're... I mean, is that, some, is that a lever that the government actually can tell these CEOs of these grocery chains to, to pull? Like, hey, listen, we don't want you... I mean, they're businesses, aren't they? Well, and, and I think that's an important observation that everybody who's got a pension in this country, that pension is invested in Canadian, sure. some of it will be in Canadian companies. And would you, would you want to plan your retirement on investing in companies that, that aren't profitable, right. that, that are only sort of occasionally profitable or, or not allowed to be profitable to a certain level? You know, then we would all be looking at, at retiring with smaller amounts of, of income or having to work far longer um, to, to get to a level. So, so no, I don't think government really has any, you know, again, it's sort of that grandstanding theater stuff to, to, to make to the media, but, but there's actually no economic credibility to support that type of, um, you know, those types of calls. So, I mean, where, where do we go from here? Like you say, if we could get the information and uh, I, I, if I was one of these grocers and it was going to be favorable, you would have presented it, right? You would have said, listen, this is where we're making our profit. It's not on food. I mean, can they be compelled to sort of, in the interest of fairness to Canadians, can, can we expect that information to ever be forthcoming? I think from a business perspective, they're not going to want to share that data, and, and rightfully so. There, no other sector of our economy are we demanding companies to say, well, you have to share your profitability or your internal pricing mechanisms. We don't require that of you know manufacturers right. or anybody else. And, and given the limited competition in the retail sector, in the grocery space, I'm not sure that would be advisable because if, you know, if company A saw that um, company B was charging 12 bucks a kilogram per an item and they were only charging 10, then that's information that they can raise their price um, up to that higher price and consumers are willing to pay. So, so it may actually result in higher food prices. Yeah, so politicians go in trying to get some accountability and like we agree, a lot of it is theater. What about the executives? I mean, they have an agenda. They, they sort of have a case that they want to make when they go in and is that basically, hey, don't blame us? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think the attitude that was created through a lot of the grandstanding and social media comments leading up to it really put the CEOs in a very defensive position. Yeah, that There was yeah. no way that 
meeting was set up yesterday afternoon to be a a dialogue process where where both sides could share some information and learn it was it was you know uh flaming arrows and and i'm defending what i'm doing and there was there was no real opportunity for an exchange of 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 insights or or even uh the chance to get to a little bit of transparency about you know i would have liked to have you know have have someone on the committee say okay when a when a food product arrives in your warehouse what steps happen to get it on the grocery store shelf and how does that affect your pricing? Because, you know, if, if it's a meat item, that, that's one thing. If it's bread, you know, that's maybe something completely different compared to, to fresh vegetables or canned goods, right? So, so understanding that relationship between what happens when it hits the warehouse to the shelf would, would have been useful. You know, that would have helped us understand things a little bit. Right, exactly. It would give a bit of an insight. Um, and all these grocers saying, you know, it's beyond our control. This is all, uh, the price of food is all these things that are happening globally, supply, on and on and on. So, I mean, is there any expectation that this is going to get better or is food just going to continue to get more expensive? I think that, the fa- you know, from my observations and watching this for a, a number of years is, you know, really what's pushing this up is the war in Ukraine, the, the lower value of the Canadian dollar, uh, fuel prices being 40, 50, 60 percent higher than they were this time last year. Those are the, the real things that are contributing to higher food prices. And and even if we started to see an easing of, of a little bit of that, let's say fuel prices came down you know, 10 or 20 percent, well, the carbon tax is going to jump 30 percent on the 1st of April. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure as consumers that we're, even if some of those other factors eased up 2 or 3 percent, the increase in the carbon taxes is, is, is going to make it so that we never notice that anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, don't look for any relief anytime soon. Uh, Stuart, thank you so much for your time. As always, I appreciate you being here. My pleasure, Shay. Have a great day. You too. That's Stuart Smith, who is the Enhancement Chair of Agri-Food Innovation and Sustainability, University of Saskatchewan. Like he said, you know, I mean, again, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier in the show on another story. When you've got politicians involved, you've got politics involved. And, you know, he called it theater, political theater. And that, in a lot of instances, that's what it was. Um, this has been sort of a cause that Jagmeet Singh has been advancing for a long time now. Uh, he wants to be the fighter for the Canadian in terms of going after big business and saying it's their fault that we're paying so much for food. And they're saying, no, it's not. And here's all the reasons that it isn't us that's doing it. Um, so Singh was at the committee yesterday and was uh, going after these CEOs. He's not even a member of the committee. He's usually not there. Um, but he showed up yesterday to get involved and he, you know, he advertised, he went on social media talking about how he was going to take it to Galen Weston of Loblaw when he got there and all the rest. So when, you know, our guest is talking about political theater and social media and how this is getting ramped up, that's what he's talking about. Um, so the aim for you and I may have been to get some answers, but that may not be what politicians were seeking yesterday. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.